Good afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well, uh, Thanksgiving holiday must have just, I don't know, must have caused some liberals just to to uh, to go off the rails. I, I, I don't, I can't explain it any other way. I'm holding an article in my hand. This is from, I mean, this is from Salon. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a left-wing outlet. Uh, but the but the headline this is just this is too much the headline are you ready democracy's last thanksgiving experts imagine america in a year if trump wins the 2024 election bum 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 uh there are just there are so many assumptions that this writer makes in this uh, Salon article, and I, I don't even know where to begin. Chauncey De Vega, this is the, uh, the magazine senior political writer. This is this is the senior political writer. All right, I just I just want to make note of that. The senior political writer, the top dog in politics over here at this this outlet. And uh, the the article begins with a wrong assumption. Democracy, the for the first word and and the headline, democracy's last Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're not a democracy. Please, for the love of Pete, would you stop referring to us as a democracy? I just, you know, one of these days, one of these days coming up real soon, we are going to break down the difference between a democracy and a republic and why we are not a democracy and why the founding fathers detested democracy and absolutely did not want us to go down that road. And so they set us up as a republic. Uh, so, so the senior political writer, the very top, you know, the top of the top over here, starts off you know their 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 article with a with a wrong assumption but then it gets even better democracy's last thanksgiving experts imagine who are the experts in this article all right the the experts are imagining america in a year if trump wins 2024 you know the the the, the implication here is if trump wins 2024 then the country is over. This is what the experts see. <laughs> Man, uh, when I okay, I'm just going to read a quote. All right, I'm, I don't know that I'm going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I might just because I want to. I want to have some fun today. You know, sometimes you just want to have fun. All right, listen to this: journalists, pundits, the mainstream political class, other experts. <laughs> of the word other oh man so journalists are experts did you know that pundits are experts you know were you aware of that the mainstream political class they are the experts Uh uh-uh you know what anyone who is a part of the political class but they're not mainstream they're not experts i guess that's you and me 
I mean, not I'm not part of the mainstream political class. <laughs> I am. I am part of the uh, the rise in the new media. However, America Out Loud is absolutely uh, part of the rise in the new media, and I am just I am thrilled to be a part of the uh, the Out Loud team. Absolutely, and if that you know, I guess I'm not part of the mainstream political class, which according to Chauncey, then I'm not an expert. Other experts. Oh, man. Oh, oh, hang on, hang on. All right. I stopped too soon. Journalists, pundits, the mainstream political class, other experts, and everyday Americans, uh, you know, and all you other losers out there, all you other losers out there in the farmland, out there, you know, picking hay out of your teeth. You, yeah, you ones out there. You, 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 you know who I'm talking about. Oh boy. You who follow politics and current events closely assume that the average member of the public does so as well. There are decades of research by political scientists and other experts, however, that shows this to not be true. In reality, most Americans are politically disengaged. Most Americans lack a sophisticated understanding of political matters. Oh, man, that's you and me. You and me out here in the heartland. We lack a sophisticated understanding. Your your, your knowledge and your intelligence is beneath me. Where are my tea and crumpets? That's what's happening here. This person's sipping tea and eating crumpets while making fun of of everyday Americans in the heartland. Oh, in reality, most Americans are politically disengaged, lack a sophisticated understanding of political matters, are imagistic and emotional, and have a difficult, oh man, I don't think I can read this, and have a difficult time retaining and understanding complex information. You're just a bunch of buffoons out there, uh-huh. Unless unless you're part of the political elite and you live in, in New York or Los Angeles or Washington, D.C. Or, or somewhere else in Virginia, you're just a buffoon. That's all you is. Oh, we, we, we're imagistic. I mean, I, I want to read a book with pictures. That's, that's what he's saying. We're emotional. We have a difficult time retaining and understanding complex information. Do not pay close attention to elections until they decide to vote and more generally are civically illiterate. Oh, man. I just, oh, wow. This guy just destroys every conservative in the country. Uh, We don't understand. We don't understand complex information I, I mean I would be I, I might take offense at this and I might be upset if uh, uh, if the senior political writer at salon had not had not started his headline title with the word democracy in it referring to America then I might think well I mean maybe I don't understand complex information no I I, I wouldn't say that 
I mean, this guy assumes we're a democracy. So right off the bat, uh, his premise of 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 us not understanding complex information is thrown out the window. It just it's out the window. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But if you're going to refer to us as a democracy and then and then accuse me of not understanding complex information, well, uh, I don't know that I can take your article seriously. I can't. That's why I'm laughing so hard through this. I, I can't take it seriously because I don't think this this individual is a, is a serious player. I mean, obviously they think they are. I mean, they're the they're the senior political writer at Salon Magazine, so they must think they're somebody. Uh, the the author continues by writing, more than half of the American public reads below a sixth grade level. All right, I, I need some. I mean, that might be true. I don't know. Uh, you know, he might be accurate on that. I need to check his. Uh, all right, let's do some fact checking. I'm going to make a note during the break. I'm going to check his sources here. Do, is it true that more than half of the American public read below a sixth grade level? All right. We're going to find that out. I mean, is that I don't know. That might be true. You know, you know, yesterday we we discovered that American adults are only reading 15 minutes a day on average. We did talk about that. And I would like to see that go up. I think what's what's most disheartening is that uh, yesterday we talked about the use of 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 social networking, uh, you know, social media, uh, digital usage. You know, the 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 public is is at about seven hours a day, seven hours a day on social media or some type of digital device. That is disheartening in conjunction with the fact that adults are only reading 15 minutes a day. You know, because people, you know, might say, well, I'm on my phone and I'm reading or I'm listening to a, a book. Okay, well, I mean, still the, the the reports are we're only reading 15 minutes a day. So even if, if that, you know, was part of the social media time, all right. So then you you take out 15 minutes from the seven hours. We're still at, you know, six hours and 45 minutes of just whatever. Um, you know, so the, the Salon article here might be accurate, but we're going to find out. Uh, the, the quotes continue just because they're funny. In all, the average voter also makes political decisions based on calculations. Um, I mean, okay, what's wrong with that? We, we, we're going to calculate our decisions. I'm surprised we're able to calculate our decisions if we can't understand complex information. I mean, isn't that surprising? If you don't understand complex information, how are you able to calculate? All right. Uh, average voter also makes political decisions based on calculations and concerns that mainstream professional politics watchers, mainstream professional political watchers, especially liberals and progressives, would find irrational. Oh, oh, so this is what, oh, all right, so now we're getting to it. Yeah, here we are. Okay, the average voter makes their calculations based in ways that the 
mainstream professional political watchers would not make calculations. We would find, we, we liberals and progressives, we intelligentsia, we would find their approach irrational. Irrational. <laughs> so that's what it is. We don't understand complex information because we don't vote the way you vote. Oh, okay. All right. We're the average voter. And we make our political decisions based on calculations. And what we should be doing is listening to what you say to us, and then we should base our decisions off of what you tell us to do. Oh, that's what we're getting at. <laughs> oh, okay. Because it's completely irrational if we if we do something otherwise. If we use our own minds and our own brains and make our own calculated political decisions, that's irrational. Of course it is. I mean, before I ever vote, I should check in with Chauncey DeVega and see what Chauncey DeVega has to say about it. Because, you know, I mean, Chauncey knows best. Chauncey knows best. Well, I'm just a buffoon who can't read below the sixth grade. And I don't understand complex information. I don't understand sophisticated political matters. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right, hang on. Here we go. Quote. This is so good. Given the Electoral College, voter nullification, and voter suppression, gerrymandering, and other structural failings in American democracy. There it is again. Chauncey, buddy, I can't take you seriously. I, I just, I can't. I, I don't think you understand, uh, you know, what's happening here. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll I'll finish, and I won't interrupt myself. There is a very real and growing probability that Donald Trump will return to power in 2025. All right, so Trump's coming to power because of the Electoral College. Uh, that's the first thing he starts out with, given the Electoral College. We could just, let's, let's just only say that. Given the Electoral College, there's a very real and growing probability that Donald Trump will return to power. In 2025, given the Electoral College, do, do you, uh, uh, Chauncey, do you understand what, that the Electoral College is how we vote? So basically what you're saying is, given the accurate way that Americans vote via the Constitution, uh, Trump's coming to power in 2025. Do, all right, so right here, Chauncey's assumption is that the Electoral College is inerrant, it's misguided, it's, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, not everybody gets a vote because of the Electoral College. Uh, but yet, I mean, he's telling us that, that we, um, that we don't understand sophisticated political matters. It, clearly, Chauncey doesn't understand what the Electoral College is, or how it functions, or, or how it purpose, you know, what its purpose is. It's not actually a school, Chauncey. The Electoral College is not actually a school where where people, you know, go to learn liberal politics. Uh, I, I can't. I can't take this article seriously. I 
given the electoral college voter nullification we're going to we're going to nullify these voters you know what i saw the other day where was i reading uh i don't remember where it was at it might have been michigan that there was some actual um i think it was michigan i need to find this story to make sure I'm getting it right. I think it was Michigan. I think the Secretary of State here of Benson, uh, where you know, where th- there was a case where the judge ordered her that she had to clean up the rolls. We had to remove the dead people off the rolls. And there were people that were actually saying, What? Ah, you can't do that. You can't move the all those names off the rolls. That's voter nullification and voter suppression. Uh, but yet they're they're legally not on, on the rolls anymore. But yet there's people crying and complaining of voter nullification and voter suppression because we're trying to clean up the rolls. And and that's and this is Salon magazine senior political writer Chauncey DeVega, who understands, by the way, complex information. <laughs> oh man. I just I mean, there's so much goodness here. There is so much richness in this. Um, in, in, in this article that I, uh, ah, I needed a good laugh. I absolutely needed a good laugh. I mean, there's, there's more of it. Uh, it, you know, maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll dive into the rest of it on the other side of the article. It's just too good not to, uh, you know, it's tough when you don't understand, you know, complex political information, isn't it? I mean, are we having a hard time struggling just to even read this? Ah. Come on, everybody. Come on, keep up. All right, we'll pick it up on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget OUTLOUD25 at checkout.
welcome back. It is very nice to have you on board with us today. You're listening to America Out Loud. This is the Dean's List. You can find us here Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. AmericaOutloud.news. You can listen on the world-class media player. Or you can download the world-class app, the America Out Loud talk radio app. Or you can hear us on iHeartRadio uh, or, or listen to us on podcasts. All shows go to podcasts the next day. Wherever you find your podcasts, there we will be. Thank you for joining us today. We're, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like let's have some, uh, I don't know, some laughter today. Let's take a comedic break. I and mean, we're doing this uh, via an article from Salon Magazine. The article is entitled, uh, Democracy's Last Thanksgiving. Experts imagine America in a year if Trump wins the 2024 election. Uh, there's two words that jump out at me in this headline. The first word is democracy, and the second word is expert. Uh, both words make me laugh. Number one, we are not a democracy. Never have been. Never will be. Well, I mean, I hope we never will be. I mean, this is what the left would love to direct us towards, a democracy, because a democracy... The, the founders believed that a mo- uh, democracy would lead to mob rule, that the mob gets to decide. And that's what they would love to have happen around here. They would love it. So they just repeat over and over, we're a democracy until eventually we become one. We are not a democracy. And one of these days, I promise, we are going to delve into the differences between a democracy and a republic and why a republic is a better option. The second word that makes me laugh is experts. Who are the experts they're talking about? Well, I'll tell you who the experts are. Uh, This this writer, who, by the way, is uh, the senior political writer, Chauncey DeVega. I don't know if I'm pronouncing Chauncey's last name right. Chauncey, I apologize if I'm not. But but listen, here here are the experts. Um, This quote says, journalists pundits, the mainstream political class, other experts. So the the experts are the journalists, they're the pundits, and they're the mainstream political class. And it's these experts who are drawing this conclusion that democracy is experiencing its last Thanksgiving. Because if, if Trump is elected in 24, then it's over. America as we know it is over. Democracy's gone. Uh, If they were experts, wouldn't they know that we're not a democracy? That's, That's just, that's my first point. And I could probably stop there. I think I could be done there. Journalists, pundits, and mainstream political class and other experts. Oh, that word other. I just, it's just too rich. It's too, but then, okay, I'm not going to keep rereading this, but this is just too good to not reread. In reality, most Americans are politically disengaged, lack a sophisticated understanding of political matters, are imagistic, imagistic, you know, we just like to imagine stuff, bring us the, the picture books, and emotional. And they have a difficult time retaining and understanding complex information. They do not pay close attention to elections. 
until they decide to vote and more generally are civically illiterate. Those illiterate buffoons. And then uh, the, the writer goes on and says, more than half of the American public reads below a sixth grade level. So I said I was going to look that part up on the break. And I did. I did. And it looks like there was a Gallup analysis that was published in March of 2020, which uh, looked at data collected by the U.S. Department of Education in 2012, 2014, and 2017. Uh, the data found that 130 million adults in the country have low literacy skills, meaning that more than half, which in this case is 54% of Americans, between the ages of 16 and 74, read below the equivalent of a sixth grade level. All right. So, I mean, there is uh, there's potentially some yeah, uh, accuracy here. The I guess once you dive into the nuts and bolts of the of the study, though, um, it says the Gallup estimates were part of an economic analysis that used literacy rates to determine missed and potential financial gains. It was based on data from an international assessment of adult skills called the Program for International Assessment of Adult Competencies. And that was in conjunction with the U.S. Department of Education. Uh, the analysis combined individual scores from the competency from 2012 to 2017 to create and publish estimated literacy levels for every county in the U.S. So this is uh, an estimate. Um, the U.S. Department of Education combined assessment data from three sample waves from 2012, 2014, and 2017, using data from 12,330 respondents living in 185 counties. So, uh, I mean, it's a that, that's a pretty big sample size spread out over 185 counties, and so they're 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 basing this this sample as their their estimate. Uh, this report says the U.S. Department of Education research team said the estimates can be described as predictions of how the adults in a state or county would have performed had they been administered the actual assessment. Um, of course, each county is different. It's possible that some counties could have performed better or for worse. Uh, but but at, at any rate, their estimates come out at 54%. So I guess take it take it for what it is. 54% uh, of Americans ages uh, 16 to 74 read at or below a sixth grade level. Now, that's not great. That is not great. So the... Uh, you know the the writer of the of the salon piece here is is drawing the conclusion that because fifty four percent of Americans read at or below sixth grade level, then you know the other you know forty six are are uh, well all of them all hundred percent are just stupid. You know whether you're reading at sixth grade level, you know below, you know. Here's the thing. 
the sixth graders in my school, I mean, it's not like they don't know how to read. They can read and they read pretty good. They just read at their level. So, you know, if an adult reads at, at a sixth grade level, I mean, the implication is the adult is stupid. I mean, that's what the that's what the writer here is implying. The adult is stupid. Ah, oh, I, I just I mean, I don't agree with that assessment. I don't think you can say because an adult reads at sixth grade level, the adult is stupid. And the adult then doesn't know how to uh, <laughs> ignore the experts, journalists, pundits, and the mainstream political class, because they're the experts here. I mean, none of us are experts. Now, yesterday, we did talk about the unfortunate trend in an adult reading. You know, per day, it's it, the average is 15 minutes. I think that should be higher. I think the average should be higher. Now, look, I know we don't, not all of us, all of us have 15 minutes in the day that we can stop and, and just have some leisure time. I get it. But it counts if you're in the car and, and you turn on Audible or you, you know, you, you know, the uh, the apps nowadays are amazing. They will read the news articles to you. I love it. Absolutely love it. You know, I would love to see the the reading improve. You know, so I so I guess to that, uh, you know, I guess I can give this this author you know some credit for being somewhat accurate. But their premise, the the premise of this piece is is just um, well. In my opinion, it's it's flawed tremendously. And it's flawed because the author believes himself, pundits, and mainstream political class to be experts in all things political. I mean, probably experts in all things, period. I mean, the, the left, you know, they worship themselves. They are the experts. You and I, we don't know what we're talking about. Are you kidding? We're a bunch of buffoons. Oh, the media and experts have failed to persuade the public into believing dictator Trump is fascist. This is what the author is lamenting. The experts have failed to persuade the public into believing and understanding Trump's a dictator and he's a fascist. And he wants to destroy America. He doesn't want to make America great again. Why, that's a ruse. It's a ruse to, to get you to come on board to his his way of thinking so he can destroy America. Ah, that's what they would have us believe. They would also have us believe the emperor is wearing brand new clothes. When in fact, the emperor is naked as a jaybird. And some of us are just smart enough to call it out and say the emperor doesn't have any clothes on. I mean, what, what are you guys all... Uh, lavishing over the emperor for in his brand new clothes. Dude's naked out here. Naked. The article continues. The sum effect is that these discussions and warnings about America's democracy crisis and fascism are often ignored or filtered out by large portions of the public as being just more partisan bickering and politics as usual. He writes, I mean, he's whining and complaining. Why won't you listen to us? We're telling you that America, American democracy is in crisis. Fascism is ruling the day. Listen, we implore you. And we're just, you know, we're not buying it. We're not buying it. Uh, we know Trump isn't a fascist. 
Uh, I mean, you guys can attempt to redefine fascism all day long. We know what it is, and we're not going to buy your definition of it. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, Antifa it is it, it came out as uh, as a shortened version of anti-fascist fascism. They're they're fighting fascism when and they're doing it by by being fascists. Uh, it's it's the epitome of insanity, the the epitome of ridiculousness. Uh, and so you know he's upset because he can't convince us of this because we brush it off as more partisan bickering and politics as usual. He continues, intervening against that dangerous tendency requires making the stakes and implications of Trump's return to power and the end of American democracy very clear, very direct, and very real for the average person. <laughs> oh, America is not a democracy. Uh, how many times am I going to repeat that today? One, two, three, four, five. I mean, five times the article has referred to American democracy, but this guy's the expert. And people who think like him are the experts. Uh, and so, you know, because they, you know, because we're not listening, they've got to make it very real and very clear and very direct for the average American buffoon out there. You average American buffoons. Why won't you listen to us? The mainstream, back to the article, the mainstream news media and political class have largely failed in that task. They have failed in being very clear, very direct, and very real for the average buffoons out there. Uh, to that point, this may be the last Thanksgiving where the American people will live in a democracy. <laughs> Just help me somebody help me the expert but why doesn't the expert realize that we don't live in a democracy all right i'm gonna stop repeating that out of anger and frustration you're welcome however flawed and ailing it may be where their basic constitutional and other civil rights are relatively secure all right so the author is saying that this is going to be our last Thanksgiving where America, uh, where our constitutional and other civil rights are relatively secure. This is it. I mean, if Trump gets into office, then it's over. You will no longer have constitutional rights. Uh, I mean, was was. Has Trump ever attempted to thwart your First Amendment right the way the current administration has? I mean, did, did Trump collude with with big tech and and big media to uh, to to remove your your freedom of speech? No, I mean it was Trump who was kicked off of Twitter. It it was Trump who had his Facebook page shut down. It was it was Trump. Who, whose First Amendment rights were were being thwarted. I, I mean, is this audience the only audience that, that remembers that? I mean, clearly, our friend over here at that salon doesn't. No, I, it, it, 
you know, did, did Trump ever try to take away your Second Amendment rights? Did, did he ever attempt to? Uh, I mean, I, not that I'm aware of, you know, but but this administration and the Democrats, I mean, that's that's one of their big things. I mean, we got to get rid of guns. We can't have we can't have ev- evil guns, you know, floating around. We got to get rid of them. I mean, you know, these inanimate objects uh, have a will of their own, and they just they just go about in sheer destruction. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, which which party would love to to thwart your First Amendment right of of free exercise of of an expression of religion? Uh, I mean, it's not Trump. You know, most of the time, the things that the left accuse the right of doing or say the right will do, it's what the left is currently doing or will will currently be doing. Relatively secure. I, I just, mm. American, uh, no, I'm sorry. How will I spend Thanksgiving in the years following a Trump re-election in Canada? On the second day of October. Oh, please do it. If all of these people that threatened to go to Canada would actually go to Canada, we would be a wonderful country. I mean, it would be fantastic if that would just... Mm. Ah, please let it unfold. God, please let it unfold. All right. We're up against the break. We will pick this... Uh, we'll pick up this, this humor on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with oxy powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why oxy powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. 
No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And how's everybody doing out there? How are you feeling? Because uh, I used to say flu season is right around the corner, but uh, kids, we are in it. We are in the heart of it. And I just want to know how you're doing. How are you doing out there? Uh, you know me. Uh, part of my uh, regimen includes Cofix RX, the throat and nasal spray. I... Uh, I use it. I'm telling you, it has bailed me out. And, you know, being in, uh, you know, being in flu season, it's going to continue to bail me out. And it can bail you out. And at a discount, if you go to americaoutloud.shop, use coupon code OUTLOUD25, and you will get 25% off when you purchase the throat and nasal spray. 25% off is a fantastic deal. And Cofix RX is a fantastic product. I encourage you. I implore you. Stay healthy. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and make it happen for yourself. Make Cofix RX part of your regimen. Uh, and you know what also should be part of your, your regimen to stay healthy and to keep your immune system firing on all cylinders? Laughter. Laughter, my friends, is the best medicine, according to Solomon. And, you know, I've, I've enjoyed myself today. I've had a little bit of laughter at the expense of Salon Magazine and their, uh, their article entitled Democracy's Last Thanksgiving. Experts imagine America in a year if Trump wins the 2024 election. Uh, I'm not going to read any more of it. I just, it's too much, too much laughter. Please stop. Can't handle it anymore. Yeah, it, you know, their their use of two words, democracy and experts. Uh, democracy and experts. One of these days, I keep saying this. One of these days. Matter of fact, I have um, you know, I you know, listeners will will send me emails from time to time. I do love to to read the emails, by the way. Uh the dean.list at protonmail.com. If you want to drop me an email and you have a question about something or you just want to make a comment. I, you know, either way, the dean.list at protonmail.com. Uh, and I had someone email a couple of weeks ago. Actually, you know, she is a uh, a regular emailer, and, and I always enjoy receiving her, her emails. Usually there's usually there's some correction. Usually she's correcting me about something. Uh, she, uh, I, I guess, the well, let me think. Um, Frederick Douglass. Uh, yeah, I was making comment on on the Frederick uh, Douglass statues that that have come down, and she said, "You know, I don't know that this was Antifa. I don't remember her her exact words, but you, you you need to check into that. You know, I don't think this was, I don't think this was BLM associated. And I, you know, I don't know every every article that I have found, uh, it's inconclusive. Uh, you know what it is if it was who it was. Uh, it's it's unknown." Who brought down the statue of Frederick Douglass? It hasn't been discovered. So there's there's different uh, 
different points of view out there, you know, different opinions as to who brought it down. But but she is, she you know, she's great. She will email occasionally, and I I, I do enjoy them. Uh, and others uh, will email occasionally. Um, you know, so please, by all means, feel free to email. And. One of her emails, though, she said, uh, I, I would love it if you would do a show on, again, I don't remember her, her exact language, but I would love it if you would do a show on, on democracy versus a republic. And I'm going to, uh, we, you know, we have to, we have to talk about it. You know, we probably need to do something on the Electoral College and, you know, in my opinion, the importance of the Electoral College and why we should keep it. And why we are a democracy, I'm sorry, why we are a republic and not a democracy. I mean, these are uh, these are good things to talk about. And maybe we should include them in, in, a, in a history class. Maybe I'll do that coming up. You know, I love history class. Have I told you that lately? Have I, you know, have you heard me mention just how much I love taking us into, into history class? Um, I do. I just think. You know, we've talked about it. We've talked about it a lot. How, you know, how the left would love to destroy history, and this Salon article is a perfect example. This is exactly what I'm talking about. They, in this article, they are accusing Trump of things, and the very things they're accusing him of are the very exact things they're doing. It is this ability that they have to distort. It is this ability that they have to just make things slightly unclear of this head fake. It's, you know, the sleight of hand. It's, you know, look this way over here while I'm doing something else over there. You know, look at Trump. Look at all the horrible things he's doing when, in fact, those horrible things are being done over here by the people that are that are accusing Trump. And it's this distortion of history that fits into that same mold. They would... They would love to distort history to the point where, you know, we're unclear about it. We're unclear. I mean, today, our kids are unclear about Columbus. They're unclear. I mean, they think Columbus was a bad guy, that he was despicable. He was horrible. He, he enslaved all these people. And if you will go back to my podcast and listen to our Columbus show this year, I mean, you will learn some accurate truths. I mean, of of original source documents. I mean, I'm not in a in a source bubble citing some college professor down the road from last year. No, we are going to original source documents, uh, and, and we're discovering that this distortion that they're presenting uh, upon our history is is inaccurate. And not only is it inaccurate, but in my opinion, it's downright evil. Um, you, you know, in the past. Uh, we've played clips of um, Chi Van Fleet. If you know, if you want to go back and listen to some podcasts where, where I, I talk about clips that we've played from Chi Van Fleet, who grew up in in China while it was being overrun uh, by the communists, and she describes you know how they came in and rewrote history. I mean, she was a little girl in school, and they came in and rewrote it. Uh, they tore down statues. They burned books. You know, they had these book burning parties where, you know, you got to get rid of this stuff. You got to get rid of the history. And you have to start, um, 
you know, you got to start reframing it, reshaping it. You have to start, you know, making people believe that uh, history is something completely different than the actual truth, you know, because then you can reshape the country. You know, you can you can make the, the young people think that the founding of the country is evil and who wants to be a part of something evil? You should join us and be a part of something good. And then you begin to tell them what good is when, in fact, it's not good what you're telling them. It's evil that you're telling them is good. It's backwards. It's upside down. But, you know, they're the masters at it. They really are. They are something else. But history is, you know, it's important, and we have to preserve it. We are coming up on December. I think I'm going to take advantage, you know, of this a couple days earlier. And I'd like to talk about Harriet Tubman. Now, we don't have an exact birth date for Harriet. You know, you know, some people say she was born 1822. Some say 1820. You know, other you know, we don't have an exact date. Um, we know that she was born into slavery on Maryland's eastern shore, but we also know that she refused to spend her life in bondage. She just, you know, she wouldn't do it. One night, 1849. Uh, December, and and this is this is why I, I you know we can talk about this now because we're coming up on December. We're just a couple of days away from. I mean, we can talk about it whenever, but you know, I like to uh, associate dates with history class. We don't have exact dates uh, with Harriet, uh, you know, so we can just we can round up. In this case, it was one cold night though, December. 1849, she be, she began walking north till she reached freedom. Um, she took her sister and her sister's children, you know, with her, and uh, she made her way into freedom. Uh, yet her own liberty wasn't enough. It was it was not enough. Uh, she knew what was going on down there in the south, and she just could not. Uh, she couldn't let it go. She she couldn't let it go. You know, she had to go back and, and do something about it. Talk about a leader. Talk about a woman who was not willing to let evil triumph because she did nothing about it. Mm. She did something about it. Uh, during the 1950s, she ventured again and again back into the South to guide slaves along the Underground Railroad to Northern Havens, even though she would face severe punishment if caught. And, um, you know, she usually, she, she, she displayed extraordinary courage and persistence and iron discipline, you know, during these, these trips back into enemy territory, as it were. She usually traveled at night shepherding runaway slaves through dark woods, fields, and swamps as they followed the North Star to freedom. And she was um, she was ingenious about it. She, uh, she had an iron will about it. I mean, often she would in, in, enforce upon, you know, those that were with her uh, that, 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 that discipline and exact same iron will. If anyone decided to turn back, thereby endangering her mission. Uh, it was reported that she would threaten him with a gun. And she would say to them, you'll be free 
or you'll die. Uh-huh. I mean, that's it. She that was the, those were the two options she was giving them. You're gonna be free one way or the other. You're either gonna be free in life or you're gonna die right now and you're gonna be free. I mean, the, uh that's what was reported. You know, that's what it was reported that um that she did. Uh, she was also inventive. I mean, she was a genius at her craft. Uh, she devised various strategies to ensure success. You know, an example is, you know, a lot of times she did her escaping on Saturday nights uh, because it wouldn't be reported in the newspapers until Monday. You know, she had a full mm, full 18 hours before anyone even knew what was going on, at least the, you know, general public before they knew. Um, she often wore disguises. You know, a lot of times she she dressed as an old woman and she sang hymns to signal others along the way. Um, she would move just hours ahead of the fugitive slave hunters. On one rescue mission, it's reported that she saw a former master walking toward her. She was carrying some live chicken, so she pulled the string around their legs until they squawked. Then she stooped to attend to their fluttering while the man passed by just merely inches away. She bends over to tend to the, to the squawking chickens uh, and this, this, this former slave master walks right on by just inches away. Another time when she was on a train, she spotted a former master. So she grabbed the newspaper, pretended to read. Uh, you know, of course, the man knew that Harriet Tubman was illiterate. She could not read a newspaper, so he did not look closely enough at her. He just, you know, he just looked away. Oh, that can't be Harriet Tubman. You know, how she can't be that smart to pretend to be reading a newspaper. Harriet Tubman was a genius. She was a blooming genius. And, of course, uh, she arrived at her destination unnoticed. Uh, and it was said she never lost a fugitive that she was leading to freedom. Not once, not a single one did she lose. During the Civil War, uh, she went to South Carolina, where she acted as a nurse. She was a cook. She was a scout. She was a spy for the Union Army. And then after the war, she raised money for, for schools for Black children, and she opened a home for elderly Black folks. And she... Uh, she did everything she could to to thwart evil. Um, you know, she's a, she was a good person, and when good people do nothing, evil flourishes. But she did something, and she roused others to do something. Um, you know, there were uh, uh, abolitionists in the North that celebrated her courage. Um, it was said that John Brown consulted her about his own plans to organize an anti-slavery raid of a federal armory, uh, armory in Harper's Ferry, Virginia. And he referred to her as General Tubman. General, uh-huh, because she was that important. She was small in stature, only about five feet tall, four feet 11, and she's going to heaven. And it makes her feel 10 feet proud. But uh, she was enormous in courage. And she was enormous in faith. She would say, um, she would quote this, I said to the Lord, I'm going to hold steady onto you. And I know you'll see me through. That, that was her heartbeat. Her heartbeat was a faith, a deepening faith in God. 
I mean, she she believed in him and and she knew that he was gonna protect her. He knew that she was that 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 he was going to be her 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 steady right arm, her steady right hand. She put her trust and faith in him. I know you'll see me through, she said. Because of her determination to lead others to freedom, Harriet Tubman became known by the name of Old Moses. Uh-huh. That's what she was known as. She was known as the Moses of her people. Why? Because she led him to freedom. She led him to safety. Uh, you know, there's there, there's different reports as to how many. I mean, it was a lot. And, and and there's different reports to how many trips she made into the South. It was a lot. I mean, it was into the double digits. Uh, and she knew that if she was caught, it was trouble. I mean, it was probably the end for her. But she went after it. And she went after it because she loved freedom. And, it, it, you know, she didn't, um, she didn't rouse support against, against America. She didn't all off and, and talk about how evil America is, you know, and, and how evil Abraham Lincoln is. Um, she loved God with everything that was inside of her heart. And she wasn't bitter about, about the, the, the things that had befallen her. She overcame the obstacles, and she did it through a, a faith in God, a faith in herself and a faith in others. I mean, this this becomes the fabric of our history. It's not people that are entrenched in bitterness. Yes, horrible things happen to Harriet Tubman. You know, and we talked about this last week. Horrible things happen to Squanto, but these these people, uh, they didn't let bitterness destroy them. And uh, and that's what history teaches us. That's what it can teach us. That bitterness doesn't have to destroy us. We have opportunity in this country, opportunity that freedom allows us to achieve whatever we set our minds and heart to achieve. And I pray today that we go after it. All right. That's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age.